Blog Talk Radio. Dig it! Welcome to the Atomic Drop Show, live on Blog Talk Radio. Your number one source for wrestling news, interviews, and analysis. You better listen to this. This is the slash of the slicer, the dicer, the ripper, the sweater, the love taker, the money maker, the honey shaker. God, the rock superstar chaos. Sid Vicious. The hardcore homo angel. This is Jimmy Jacobs, and you're listening to the Atomic Drop Radio Show. You can be part of the show by calling in at area code 646-915-9116. Checking it out is my ear is tuned in, and my body feels the pains of the slams and the chops. I'm sitting here on the Atomic Drop Show. Ready to kick some butt. She Q Money here, revenant on the Tommy Drop Show. Tune in. And now, here are your hosts, Justin Todd and Kyle Cruz. You little punk ass thieves. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Atomic Drop Show. My name is Kyle Cruz, and tonight, Justin Time is actually not here tonight. He's, he's over in Rochester doing something crappy. So, my replacement. For one night only is the return of former co-host, Jay Gorgeous, man. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing pretty good. Now, I don't want you to get used to this feeling because you're not going to, you know, be hosting the show every week. So don't get all complacent like you think that you're going to take over the show, okay? Yeah, I, uh, I, I'll, uh, I'll bang on that. All right, all I'll right. take you off in that. I'm just making sure. You know, because I know that you that you tried to take over a little bit like last year, but you know, that doesn't fly now. That doesn't fly. What am I gonna but, do with you, Kyle? What would you say? What am I gonna do with you? I don't know. I really don't know. But for the next hour, you're pretty much gonna have to tolerate me because I'm in control here, and I can pretty much mute you any time that I want. Yeah. <sighs> Well, hey, how about those Packers last week? I said they were dangerous, and they didn't do anything. But, hey, they almost came back. That was a great game. You know what, man? The weekend, the the NFL playoffs actually did not work uh, too well in my favor because um, my Eagles lost once again. I don't know why. Uh, Yeah, I know. We collapsed. I mean, both bad losses, too, so. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they're saying that Donovan is going to stay for another season. I really don't want him to stay. I kind of want to give uh, somebody else a shot. But, you know, hey, he has one year left in his deal, and we'll see where, where that goes, man. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. You know. well, but, hey, man. Oh, go ahead, man. What's that? No, you're about to say something, man. Oh, well, I wanted to say that this week my predictions are um, Baltimore over the Colts, uh, San Diego over the Jets, Cowboys over the Vikings, and New Orleans over um, Arizona. The only two that I'll call is San, San Diego going over the Jets because San Diego is actually um, my second pick in the playoffs because, uh, you know, they are kind of close to home a little bit here. And I will actually call the Vikings – um, I think that they're going to advance to the Super Bowl. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, then they still have the NFC Championship after this weekend, so they'd have to get past the winner of New Orleans and uh, the Cardinals. So I, I, don't, I don't see the Cardinals ma- making it to the 
to the NFC title game. And plus, uh, the Saints are not as cracked up as people say that they are. They they've been uh, there have been holes in their system, and I don't I really don't think that they're going to do anything that special this weekend or next weekend if they do in fact make it to the NFC Championship game. But you know what, man? Enough about football. We'll talk about that after the show. The big uh, goings-on, I guess, happening in pro wrestling over the past couple of days, specifically last night, Mike Tyson coming back to host Raw. Now, I know that last week, you know, there was all this excitement recreating 1997 and 1998 with the Monday Night Wars and everything, TNA and WWE. But but don't you think that uh, that the Fed is kind of dipping their hand in the cookie jar just a little bit too much because – for the last two consecutive weeks, they've gone back to 1997, 1998 for, you know, guest hosts and stuff. And now Mike Tyson, while he could have been a big deal, you know, a couple of years ago, now he's kind of old and he's out of the public limelight. So who really wanted to tune in to see Mike Tyson in the ring? Well, maybe they, were, maybe they had Tyson on to promote either boxing, video games, um, or the Hangover DVD. Um, but regardless of that, uh, um, Tyson is kind of out of touch with the WWE universe, and I think a lot of the guest hosts are a little out of touch with, you know, the product, and, um, you know, Vince is getting people who were relevant three, four, or five years ago, and then with Bret Hart and Tyson 12 years ago, so um, I probably see the guest hosting ending very, very soon. You know, that's what the talk is that they're actually planning on. Um, they're actually planning on um, retiring this guest host concept. Um, I don't think that it, it, it's paid off as far as fan interest is concerned. R- ratings were up for like maybe the first month or two when, when they started to do the guest host. But ever since then, the ratings have kind of been stagnant. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who it's serving because from a creative standpoint, it doesn't get fans credit for upcoming pay-per-views. It, it just doesn't do anything for this particular viewer. And you got to believe that, that the masses aren't really concerned about what guys like uh, Al Sharpton and Vern Troyer are doing hosting Raw. Yeah, I mean, I don't – there hasn't been a real significant increase in ratings. And if anything, all it's doing is the one positive thing it's giving WWE is just a pos- or just a spin as far as in the media and the, in the pop culture sense on, like, ESPN and, um, you know – entertainment tonight, I guess. Um, but other than that, I don't really like it as a fan. I wouldn't have wanted it even back in, like, the DX days of the late 90s. These um, guest hosts do not have any, like, relevance with the product. You see botches left and right. So, Kofi Johnson. I don't know, man. Yeah, it, I don't know what they're going to do to, you know, to kind of spice up this guest host concept. Maybe they'll just scrap it and we'll actually, we, we actually might get a GM. I mean, they've been teasing a new GM ever since what Bischoff left. So that was what, like, Oh, Oh five, Oh six. So, I mean, it's been a long time since we've actually had a full, a full fledged uh, GM on Monday night. Raw. So maybe we actually might get that. Definitely. Um, so what did you want to hit on, um, First, uh, well, you know, of course, we brought up Mike Tyson a little bit ago. Mike Tyson returning 12 years. He hasn't been seen in a in a WWE ring since 1998. Uh, you know what? Actually, before we get into that, let me go ahead and give out the phone number. You can be a part of the show by calling in at area code 
646-915-9116. Once again, that area code, 646-915-9116. You can go ahead and call us up, talk to Jay and myself. Now, Mike Tyson, 12 years in the making. Uh, there should have been a lot more buzz for the show than there was going into it last night. I don't know whether it was just not enough excitement because TNA didn't have a show on Monday night, or uh, I don't know what, but, but the excitement level was definitely down compared, compared from last week to this week. But Mike Tyson, he actually stepped in the ring for a match, and, the, and apparently this was booked for a long time. This wasn't like a last-minute change. And if they knew that Mike Tyson was going to actually step into a ring for a match, they should have hyped the holy hell out of it, and they didn't do that. And I think because of the, the night, or at least the main event, really uh, failed because of it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really know what to say other than uh, Tyson's just, he's not the baddest man on earth. He's just the weirdest man on earth. And how about the production value of when they did the, the big nest in the back? Uh, like, they would, like, go right on the Tyson face and then they tan off it and it was just kind of awkward camera camera work. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I mean, you had one camera angle just like a wide shot and then they would kind of zoom in close on Tyson's face. And, that, you know, I still can't get over that weird tattoo. I mean, what, he got them like 05, I think. And yeah. I still can't get over what that little thing is around his eye on his face. I mean, I don't... I think it's just like a tribal. I mean, you know, it beats me what it what it means. But um, I just wanted to say um, that uh, talk about awkward moments of silence in the beginning uh, of Raw. Um, does Mike Tyson know how to speak? <laughs> Have you seen Mike Tyson speak over the course of his career? Of his career? I mean, he really can't speak. I mean, you, I, come on. I've seen interviews where where he's talking and. And he, you know, he's talking about, you know, the, like that is, it's just totally ludicrous, man. I mean, I can't really do the exact, you know, yeah. uh, impersonation of Mike Tyson, but he can't speak some crap. I don't know what what the hell's problem is, but uh, the 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 only part of the show involving him that I liked was when he was in the back and he was cutting that little promo on Hornswoggle, and Tyson was looking right down at at Hornswoggle. And Tyson said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, Hornswoggle, I'm going to, I'm going to reach into your nostrils, pull out your intestines, and jump rope with them. I, you know, that is the, is the scary, intense Tyson that we really haven't seen over the past yeah. couple of years, which, which, you know, which, which made him such a celebrity. And I think if Tyson was more relevant, if, if, if he was still fighting, if, if he was still – you know, perceived as a tough guy, that there w there would have been a lot more buzz going into the show, and there would have been, you know, goo gobs more interest than there was. Definitely, and I I um I was so very surprised that they even let him say that, given the PG rating. Like I thought that was kind of a little like obscure for them to be like going in that direction with you know whatever he said. Um, the one thing I got, basically, besides the fact that I don't know what they're doing with the whole Jericho trying to get back on a raw angle, um, mm -hmm. is the, at the very end, HBK says, I still owe you one. Tyson replies, 
I'll be looking forward for the payment. What does that even mean? Well, I think we found out by the main event. I mean, uh, of course, in in the, I guess in a rehash of WrestleMania 14. Well, yeah, I knew like, like what he meant, but the way he said it, it just like the English. It was like broken. It seemed the way he said it, it sounded like broken English. I'll be looking forward for the payment. Like he didn't even like pause. I'll be looking forward for the payment, or I don't even know how you would want to say it. It just didn't sound right. Well, I mean, look, hopefully, and I sincerely doubt that Mike Tyson is listening to the show, and if he is, then he'll probably come after me and kick my ass. But he said, I mean, look, he always comes across like these guys that go into prison, they, you know, they do a crime and they go in, in, you know, they go into prison, and they suddenly come out all educated. And they come out using all these big words, and they try to speak eloquently, and they fail miserably. So, you know, I'm not going to pin it directly on Mike Tyson himself because maybe he just doesn't know any better. But, uh, you know, he he does kind of sound foolish when he does uh, speak sometimes. Uh, Hitting on the beginning of Raw, though, I mean, uh, A – Tyson seemed lost, and then after that, when Kofi comes out, I don't know if it's me, but like Kofi sounds weird after being built up as the Jamaican character, and now he's coming out and just talking like like a plain, you know, straight cat, like you know, like he was raised in a, a white suburban town, and it just it just feels seems awkward. I don't know about you. I believe it's it's awkward now because it's still relatively fresh in our minds that yeah. Kofi Kingston was built from Jamaica. Hell, you listen to his music. You know, it, it's heavily in, influenced in that in that style. So yeah. we're obviously going to continue to to be reminded of Kofi's past, especially when he has that look and uh, he has the same music. So that obviously is going to play into it. But I think in order for people to take Kofi seriously, he had to ditch that Jamaican gimmick. He had to be definitely you know, more believable that way. I think now to kind of complete that trend, change his ring attire, change his music, something more serious, and people might start to believe in him. I'll admit, when when I heard Kofi Kingston's music, I already had Mike Tyson, the WWE champion Sheamus, John Cena, and Randy Orton in there. When you hear Kofi Kingston's music, it was like, um, really? Who doesn't belong? No, I, I was excited. I was glad. I'm I'm all for a youth push. No, I and let me be clear. I'm I'm for that too. But it did seem kind of awkward when when Kofi's music hit. There was just absolute dead silence in the crowd. So that only shows that fans aren't totally ready to embrace Kofi Kingston quite yet as somebody that was in that mix. Well, um, no, he's not over yet, but I think uh, I think giving him the rub of a triple threat match, like they were kind of, uh, even in the triple threat match, they were kind of alluding to Kofi and Cena kind of going at it because I think that they're not ready for that. They're still kind of using the, the Randy Orton angle. That's where he's getting his rub from. But they're, they're not about to have him start going against the face a little bit because – Ten years ago, you would have saw Kofi versus Kofi and Cena go at it in that triple threat, regardless of who's a face and who's a heel. 
Um, uh, one other thing from that whole segment, though, I actually have four things I want to hit on, and then I'll let, um, and then we could move on if, if you don't mind. Um, there were, how about those loud Cena sucks chants right before and during when Kofi was um, about to talk? I was, I was waiting for that whole crowd to just start going, Cena sucks, Cena sucks. And then, then Cena said something to Kofi, like, don't worry about them, something. And it just seemed like Kofi was kind of tripping up over his words, like he was kind of nervous to be yeah, in the ring. I, and, I actually felt kind of bad for Kofi at that moment because, yeah. you know, you're, you're in the middle of a promo and, you know, you're already feeling nervous, you know, because you're being elevated to that main event status people don't necessarily buy you yet, and you're out there to kind of promo to solidify yourself. You're living with, you know, with, with all these superstars and Mike Tyson, of all people. And yeah. when you have a crowd chanting, again, like, not, not for you, but against somebody else who's supposed to be a face, that yeah. has to be super intimate. Not and to I mention, yeah, for- he hasn't had a lot of mic time since even coming into the WWE, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um... I mean, and so when he does get that time, he really has to embrace it. And it kind of, unfortunately, it, it threw him off in that particular case because, yeah. you know, people aren't supposed to. I mean, I, I, now, on on top of that, bump the Cena sucks chance. Did you hear the chance for Randy Orton? Yes. And then uh, um, Tyson calling the, uh, the, the WWE title the championship of the world and, saying that they were going to, you guys got your match, your triple threat shots. And then um, the last point I wanted to say was just Tyson doesn't even say the match is for tonight, the triple threat match is for tonight. Cole says it. So how did Cole mean know that Tyson meant tonight, that that the continuity that they're having with, um, like, the best coach, it's just it's not, it's not right. And, it just didn't make sense. It's just little things, but I mean, those little things count. I mean, I don't know. Well, maybe Michael Cole has ESP. Maybe he knew what Tyson was thinking. Um, maybe he got a, a talking to through the headset saying, like, hey, this is what Tyson really meant. I don't know, man. Um, nah. That that did seem very, very odd and off. And that's to be expected when you have guests, guests on who don't necessarily follow the product. Which yeah. is which is why I'm in favor of abandoning the guest host concept at all because definitely uh, you, you know I mean unless it's a guy who is connected to the wrestling industry like Jesse Ventura like Bret Hart um, but even then but even then they're they're so out of touch with today's crowd that they come out like I mean 15 years ago I think Dusty Rhodes would have got a standing ovation Dusty Rhodes has done more for this business than a lot of people really really know. And it's 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 beyond belief. These kids come, or these kids go to these shows, and they don't even know who Dusty Rhodes is. You know, he was a big figure in WCW, NWA, WWE in the back, um, uh, with FCW, all that. So we, you know, what we're actually going to get back to this conversation in just a little bit. Coming up tonight, we actually are speaking with former TNA interviewer Lauren Brooke. She will be joining us, and actually, uh, just a co- just a couple minutes. And actually, we have somebody on the, on the line right now uh, from the 407 area code. 
Hello, you are on the air with the Atomic Drop Show. Hey, guys, it's Lauren. <laughs> hey, hey, how's it going tonight, Lauren? Great, great. How have you been? I've been all right. Been pretty, awesome. pretty good. So what so, are we talking about tonight? Any, any key points that I can join in on? Well, I mean, I, I guess first we have to congratulate you because, you know, we heard the news that you got engaged and, uh, you know, how is everything? Yeah, so, um, you know, con- congratulations on that. And uh, how is that working out for you right now? Oh, man, you know what? Um, Vegas is, is looking really good. <laughs> the wedding planning is not easy. But, um, but yeah, it's been 11 days now, so I'm, I'm in the countdown. 11, day- 11 days? 11 days until the wedding. Oh, yeah. Wow, so, that's pretty quick from October. It is. I know. Well, you know Jeez. what? I thought about it, and I'm like, I don't see the point in doing a whole year engagement and and letting it get too complicated. So, yeah. So we're doing it in January, and I figured that would be fun and good weather in Florida, even though it's been freezing down here recently. So hopefully the weather will warm back up. Um, it's there's three feet of snow outside my house, so <laughs> your cold and my cold are two different things. That's true. That's true. It's it pretty cold to me, so I guess I'm kind of a wimp in that arena. It's all good. Um, so, Lauren, of course, most wrestling fans know know you for uh, for your stint in TNA wrestling. Uh, can you just give a little background on how you got involved in that promotion? Where you know, were you a fan um, of any wrestling while growing up, or I mean? Did did you have any aspirations to join that company at all? Honestly, and I I mean, I've never lied about this. I I was pretty new to the wrestling group when I joined TNA. I knew about TNA Wrestling. I had seen them in the Impact Zone five years ago. I went to one of the free shows, and, and I remember trying to get backstage because me and a bunch of my girlfriends wanted to meet some of the wrestlers. And it cracked me up when they called me, and they told me that they were doing a casting for a backstage interviewer. And I'm like, I've been to that show. I know what that deals with. But, you know, I'm not the most knowledgeable person with wrestling. So I was really scared about that, and I tried to brush brush up on my wrestling knowledge, if you will. But I went in, and I blatantly told him it was Terry Taylor who was doing my interview. And my mom was like, I don't know who Terry Taylor is. He's the Red Rooster. He's a big wrestler, too. (laughs) So it was exciting to meet Terry, and I got to tell my mom that I met him and everything, but they couldn't have been nicer. They told me that I would learn right away and that it's a fun group of people, and, and you know, if I wanted to, that they would bring me on. So that was that was about two years ago when I joined CNA, and I was with them for a good year and a half, and I just started thinking I, I wanted to do more TV hosting, but I love going and watching the show, so... Once again, talked to Terry Taylor, and I told him, you know, I don't really think that this is the direction I'm moving in. The only way that I can really evolve with TNA is to wrestle, and that wasn't really my thing. So so I told him, I'm like, can I still come back and watch the shows? I want to meet Hulk Hogan. I want to stay friends with everyone, but I don't think that I want to be the interviewer anymore. So it was a sad day, but it was also, I left on really good terms. So I still like that company. I mean, do you still watch the show on, you know, on TV now? Or, I mean, do you just kind of... Oh, absolutely, think about I watch it. 
what do you think about, you know, Hulk Hogan joining and everything and all of these, these kind of new changes that are going on in that company? You know, it's funny because so many people were talking about Hulk Hogan, but tons of new people joined TNA on that first night in January, which was really exciting because I didn't even know that they were coming on. And I was with the company two weeks before. So I thought that was really exciting that they have just so many people that they've added onto the roster. A lot of people that they're bringing back who people haven't seen in the wrestling arena in a while. So it's exciting, but I did want to see Hulk Hogan wrestle. And obviously I didn't get that chance the first night. So I can't wait to see what some of his matches are going to be like. How was working with uh, Lacey Von Erich in TNA? Did you enjoy that? <laughs> Lacey, um, one-on-one, she she was really nice when she came to TNA. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, people have mixed emotions about her, but bottom line, she's a nice girl. Um, she's got kind of a rough past with wrestling. I mean, with everything that happened to her family, it's. I think it's a cool thing that she wanted to come back and you know, leave the Von Erich name in a positive way with wrestling. You know, obviously, like, oh, very much had so. a tragic end. And, and that, that says a lot for the girl to come into, you know, all these fans that don't really know her one-on-one and just to do it for the family name. I mean, I thought that was really great that she was trying to do that. She's a little crazy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> she really her dad was a legend. legend. I mean, what do you expect? A legend. Like, huge. So, yeah, exactly. But I get her. I think she's really fun. And, you know, we, we did have that crazy little moment for my last show. But other than that, you, I think she is a good girl. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm correct, I think her father trained uh, The Undertaker. He did. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But, I mean, the girl knows her stuff. Like, she's she's been around, and she, I didn't mean it that way. Like, she's just, she's fine, you know. And, and I think what she's trying to do is, is a good thing for her family. Now, you actually kind of transformed, you know, or at least at the same time when you were being the backstage interview, you actually got to be a part of uh, the angle with Abyss. How, how was it like working with that, man? I mean, you, you, I mean, it's got to be different. I won't say good or bad, but it's got to be different, actually, you know, kind of getting involved in the angles and kind of developing this uh, this on-screen relationship with uh, with Abyss. So how was that, uh, that experience for you? Oh, my God. I can't even tell you how different that was because they never told me that that was coming up. I mean, before I knew it, I blinked an eye and, and I was – in the center of the ring with Abyss and Dr. Stevie and Daphne. And I was shocked. And I remember looking back on it, watching, I had TiVo the show and I watched it and I was like, I can't believe this happened. Like I signed up to be a backstage interviewer. And then there I am in the middle of the ring with Abyss who's huge. And I mean, it's, it was, it was funny. That was definitely a weird moment for me. And, but it was really cool too. I mean, I got to do something that I never thought I'd be able to do with the company. And I was actually involved and a real storyline. It was fun. I loved it. Uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that they didn't really let you know this beforehand, but how, how, how are things creatively, I mean, like, how were, I mean, did, what, was there a lot of chaos backstage, or was it kind of uh, organized? I mean, how, how, how was the feel backstage with, with uh, everything during your time there? Um. I mean, again, like, I was so new to wrestling, so I didn't really know 
how things went down. I mean, of course, of course, everybody knows that there are storylines in wrestling. There are people that, you know, give their input and give ideas, but a lot of it comes from the talent themselves. I mean, with TNA, it is the wrestlers and it's the knockouts who come up with some of the best ideas that they've put on TV. And, I mean, there's some smart people there. A lot of people know the direction that they want their career to go, and they make it happen, or they try and make it happen. And sometimes it gets shot down, and sometimes it's a really great idea that the fans love. So I I was personally completely in the dark about anything that I was about to do. I mean, they, they wrote me in some crazy stuff, and some of it really, really shocked me. But that was kind of part of the excitement, so it was fun. Nowadays, do you actually still get to talk with some of the uh, some of the the wrestlers and some of the knockouts? I mean, do you still interact with them on a regular basis? I definitely do. Actually, um, just tonight I was at Cheesecake Factory with um, some friends of mine, and Terry Taylor wrote me, and he's like, "I hope you're having a good year, and we miss you already." And that that meant a lot coming from him because he's been my contact from day one with CNA. He's the person that I you know, interviewed to join the company, and he's also the person that I first told when I was leaving. So we're friends. I mean, we really get along. He's like, you can call me anytime. Um, it's a good man to know. <laughs> what was that? It's a good man to know in the wrestling business. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Um, Val and I were friends for five years before I even joined TNA, so we're still really good friends. She's actually going to my bachelorette party next weekend. Um, Tracy and I are really good friends. Christy Hemi and I are really good friends. In fact, Christy, through Tracy and I, a joint bachelorette party a few weeks ago when I was leaving CNA on my last night. So really, really, really good group of girls there. I can't imagine working with a better company. They were incredible. I know that you left and that you wanted to to focus on other things, but, I mean, just – in, is there any aspirations just way down the line, you know, a couple of years years from now, would you ever consider coming back? Could we finally see you holding a microphone uh, again in TNA? You know what? I'm, I'm not going to write it off. I mean, I've already thought about that. I thought that if, if hosting and doing more Golf Channel stuff doesn't work out for me the way I want it to, I would love to come back to TNA in some way. I'm not going to wrestle, I'll tell you that. I mean, I, I'm a strong <laughs> I think you should. Uh-uh, I don't think you want to see me wrestle. I think that <laughs> people need some, they need years of training before they get in that ring. And we've seen, everyone's seen new talent come in who wasn't really supposed to be a wrestler. And, you know, I mean, you can't train someone in two months to do something in the ring that the wrestlers no. and the knockouts who've been training for years, I mean, you can't pull that off. You've got to train for a long time. And I would never even kid myself to thinking that I could jump in there and do what those people do. No way. When when you were in high school, um, did you play any sports? I did. I played um, volleyball and softball, and then I did competitive cheerleading for a little while. I don't know if you want to think of it as a sport, but... That was the one that I broke the most bones. <laughs> and where are you? Where are you from? Orlando, born and raised. Nice. Oh yeah. So you made this transition. You're you're doing more work with the Golf Channel. How is that working out for you? Honestly, it's been great. It's exactly what I've wanted to do for years. I wanted to 
host a TV show, and I've also thought it would be really fun to have a travel show. And with Golf Channel, I got both, and I never thought that would happen. I've got um, Top Ten, which is a countdown show that airs. Well, it aired every Tuesday last year, but this year it's going to air every Wednesday at 9. And then Destination Golf, they just decided to do halfway through the year last year with me, and we've gone to Ireland and Hawaii, and we've got some really cool episodes coming up in the future. So I'm loving it. I think it's it's been more than I could ask for. What are your, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the whole Tiger Woods situation? <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know what to say about that. I, I don't want to see him leave golf. I mean, I... I think that it's kind of sad the way that he's shied away from the camera. I feel like, you know, maybe if he would have passed right up to it or or whatever, I don't know exactly what happened, but it's sad to see the best player in that sport leave because of the media. You know, it's it's bottom line sad. I do feel bad for his family. I feel for them, but no one wants to see Tiger Woods lose off. No one does. He's the best. So it's kind of sad. Awesome. So, yeah. just just looking um, looking a little bit down the line, where where do you see yourself in about five years, maybe ten years down down the line? Where do you see yourself? Okay. What do you see yourself doing? <laughs> you know what? Who knows? Because in high school and in college, I went to school for marketing. I thought that I would be doing sales. I did little modeling jobs throughout college just to put myself through school, and I never thought that I would have you know, been doing nationwide TV. I would have never thought that would have happened. So I'm thrilled to be doing what I'm doing now. Who knows in the future? I mean, I, I'm not opposed to having a family, not anytime soon, but I want to focus on TV for a while. But I don't I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Lauren. But you, you know what? Actually, before you go, can you, you actually cut a little uh, promo? Can you actually drop a... Uh, a line for for our show, the Atomic Josh Show. Sure, sure. Um, you ready? Yeah. All right. My name is Lauren Brooks, a past interviewer for TNA Wrestling, and you are listening to the Atomic Drop Show. Awesome. How Thank you that? very much. <laughs> was that, okay? that is awesome. Awesome. Thank you awesome. so much, Lauren, and we will be looking out for all your uh, for all your stuff on the Golf Channel. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really very appreciate cool. it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Very nice interview there, Kyle. Yes, Lauren Brooke joining us for uh, a, a, you know, a few minutes there, joining us uh, to talk about her TNA career and her uh, upcoming wedding and her uh, dudes with the Golf Channel, too. So that's uh, pretty cool to hear from her, man. Pretty nice interview yeah. there. Oh, dude. dude tw- nice, oh, nice girl. Oh, she really is a nice girl. But, I mean, like you said, that's kind of like rushing it to get married. I mean, that's... You know, from October to January. I mean, now, now granted, I wouldn't mind uh, getting married to her as quick as possible, but still, that does no. a little, you know. I, I would think that most girls usually want to do some type of planning at least for a year. Um, so, but, you know, I'm not a girl and I don't plan weddings, so. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. We have another caller from the 585 Heritage. That is like a Rochester show. 585 Eric Code, you are on the air with the Atomic Drop Show. Can I ask who is calling? Uh, this is Jimmy Z. What's going on, Jimmy Z, man? Uh, actually, our 
our co-host, uh, just in time, actually said that you might be be calling in, man. So what you got for us tonight? You know, I'm just like a first-time caller, obviously. You know, I just heard of the show last week, and um, I guess it's uh, a good time to be speaking my mind for the first time on a wrestling show now that uh, that uh, Hulk Hogan's got back in the picture. You know? That is true. First thing is first. First things first, you brought up Tiger Woods. For a non-golf fan like myself, uh, Tiger Woods has finally uh, made me see why he's a hero. Yeah. Why is that? What's that? Why is any, that? Any 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 man that can juggle 30, 16 broads and stay married for this long is is <laughs> anybody's book. Nice. Yeah. But uh, I'm not no, a golf fan either. So. No, I'm I'm not a golf fan myself. So then I I mean I own my own shop and watch Sports Center all day. So when we were hearing about it, I was just like, I mean, all my customers agreed that no, you know, Tiger Woods is it? Not Tiger Woods really is the man now, you know. Which so, shop do you own? Uh, I got I got a shop out in Brockport, New York, called Jimmy Z's. Oh, Jimmy Z's in Brockport. I've ate there before. All right, buddy. Well, that's that's me, Holmes. <laughs> I'm all the way out in Hilton. Okay. All right. I thought I thought we were talking to somebody from uh, Los Angeles, California. That is the other host, Kyle Cruz. That's oh, me. Long, I- Long Island or, uh, or uh, Long Beach, correct? Yes, that is right. right. Long Beach. The LBC. All right. Um, but as sure. far as Hulk, as far as Hulk Hogan goes, you know, I, you know, I, I am a fan. I've been watching TNA since they were on Fox Sports, and um, the only thing I don't like is Hogan kind of contradicts himself. Number one, he he was he, he basically butchered the show on Monday when he just totally blew it that he was in the back the whole time, which I. I mean, my mouth my mouth dropped when he said that, and I was like, "Way to go, way to blow it, Hulk!" You know. And then, um, but as far as he, I mean, I don't know about you guys, and I'm I'm looking for an opinion here. But do you th- do you think he kind of repeated himself like way too many times? Yeah, when Hogan was on the show, I basically didn't care what he had to say, and it just seemed like he was playing the the nice corporate role because, I, honestly, I think he's there for a very for, very very short tenure. I think him and Flair both are there for a short tender, and him and Flair are there to get paid. I don't think they give give a damn who's the number one wrestling company. They they if, if McMahon showed Hogan what he wanted to see, Hogan would be working for him. So it's really all about the money. I, yeah. What while while I do agree somewhat, um, at this particular point, I mean, since Hogan and Vince really go through fa- phases where they like each other and then they hate each other, I think that right now Hogan's goal is to prove. Not necessarily that TNA is a top company, but I think he, he has to prove that Hulk Hogan, the brand name of Hulk Hogan, can actually change, can, can make that much of a difference to a wrestling company. I mean, when you think about Hulk Hogan, he's come to, he, he came to WWE, changed change the face of that company. He came to WCW, changed the face Hulk, of that company. I, I, I have to disagree with you. What yeah. changed WCW was Vince McMahon because he made Diesel and he made Razor Ramon, and then Bischoff bought them. Without Razor Ramon and Diesel, there would have been no NWO. It wasn't Hogan. Hogan was doing it. He's playing his role over there. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like to say Hogan keeps on pushing this wherever I go, I'm number one. No, really, you know what? It was the right place, it was the right time, and it was the right gig. It really was. Now, look, now, now, hold on a second. You mean to tell me that I'm not saying that Hall and Nash didn't have an integral part in the creation of the NWO, which which was the highest angle that WWE ever did. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that when uh, numbers show that when Hulk Hogan 
gets involved with a certain company, numbers always go up. Before Hogan show up, showed up, there was never any talk, any legitimate serious talk between TNA and Spike TV about TNA going live head-to-head against Monday Night Raw. They know. TNA knows. Dixie Carter knows. Spike TV, Spike TV official know, officials know that Hulk Hogan, the brand name, drink, brings eyes on the product. Whether that's wrestling fans' eyes or the general public's eyes, they know that Hulk Hogan creates interest. It's media. You are, you are it's culture. You are 100% correct. I could not disagree yes. with you in that point. I guess where my real, where, where, where I'm really annoyed at is this mm-hmm. push for change and this push for that and this and that and yada, 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 and it's just kind of like you're bringing, you're, you're, okay, Jeff Hardy showing up, but that was a great gig. You know, mm-hmm. great, great, great addition. Uh, Flair making an appearance, that was kind of cool, okay, just because nobody ever thought you'd see Flair uh, after, after the send-off that McMahon gave him. You really didn't think he would do anything this big, you know. Um, but as far as, like, this whole change thing and this and that and, you know, and, like, he did, he, like, just, it's very annoying that he repeated himself so many times. And then, he doesn't know how to work a mic. You know, it, oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Bischoff came out and he definitely picked all the pieces up as best as he could. Yes. Uh, you know, but um, and but they do the whole change thing. I get it. I like it. But then at the same point, you bring you you bring back Hall, which TNA would never have even looked at him again. No. After after no showing the last time they gave him another chance, and then you're bringing back all these faces that are kind of like. All right, that's cool. Pick, pick, figure out which which way you want to go. You want to change, or you want to you want to you want to reunite the, the NWO. You know, it's just kind of well, like you're promoting one thing and doing another. I think it was a nice blend of they they showcased their young talent in the ring, and then they had a lot of older guys like the Nasty Boys, Flair, uh, um, you know, whoever else, uh, Hogan. They. Those guys weren't in the ring, so I kind of think they had a nice blend of old versus new, and I think they were just saying, get ready for change. It's not going to happen overnight. They don't have a magic wand. It it will happen, but it's going to take time, and that's why I think Bischoff said it right. We're going to hit reset, and everyone's going to have to work for their status in the company, and it remains to be seen what will happen. So overall, yeah. Overall, I think they did a great job. And, and just so you understand where I'm coming from, like, like I said, I think it's just Hogan's mic skills, I think, is what's really triggering me right now to, like, just having that little bit of hater aid on him. You know what I mean? Can, can, can I ask you one one thing point blank, Jimmy? Um, yeah, sure. Will, will you watch CNA Impact this Thursday? Did the Monday night show last week, eight days ago, did that convince you enough to keep your eyes on the Canada product? Did that do enough to keep your interest, to pique your interest, it, to tune it, in it did, on Thursday night? It did, it did enough for me to actually go online and read what actually happened, which I've never done ahead of time on an episode of Impact. Do uh, you like what you see in, in the spoilers? I, 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 you know what? I watch wrestling for one reason these days, okay? Um, we obviously all grew up uh, with idolizing Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, yeah, um, I don't know about that. Well, I did. <laughs> For the most I mean, part, everybody did. I mean, uh, I mean, so, but um, the I was a warrior I, guy. I, I <laughs> warrior. <Come on. laughs> oh man, the warrior and, and Macho I, Man. Stop the show. 
Well, Macho Man was uh, awesome. There's, there's, listen, yes. the, the the crew that McMahon had in the late 80s will never be replaced. You know, you everyone played the role, and they played it very well, and it wasn't kind of like, I want to be champion, I want to be champion. Everyone knew that Hogan, it was Hogan, and, that, and you know, and if if they decided to give you a shot, you're lucky, and Macho Man and Warrior and all those guys got it when Hogan was, was running a prime. Um, but I will watch wrestling, and I will watch it for one reason. I want to see what they can do to turn around. I checked. I, I almost go and, and look at it from the behind the scenes while I'm watching it to say, hey, you know, these guys, you know, they actually came up with a really good, you know, really good skit there. Or they, that, that's an awesome storyline. You know, like, um, you know, there's a lot of storylines sometimes. Like TNA has had some awesome, awesome, awesome Thursday nights within the last year. Um, and they've had some really bad ones. But I guess that just goes for both shows. I was very, very happy with last night's Raw. I thought last night's Raw was very good. I liked the whole Tyson turn. I enjoyed the Tyson part. Wait a minute. Um, you didn't think that that was predictable? Because, I mean, I saw the whole Tyson swerve coming a mile away. I mean, you don't think that that, that show in particular and Raw in general. And I, I'll admit, TNA a little bit has become, has become predictable as well. I mean, there, there isn't any more excitement. There isn't any, any more spontaneity left in pro wrestling. So, I mean, do you really think that Raw was was, was a good show last night? I didn't think that. It was I, I didn't think it was at all. Uh, well, I, 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 let's, I can say I can say one thing. I guess I'll, I'll go back with saying I've seen worse. Yes. You know, I've seen worse. Uh, Definitely. I mean, I thought like I, I, I guess I'll, I'll refrain my saying that you know I enjoyed the part with Mike Tyson. Um, uh, but it, it was an average Raw, you know. Uh, you well, know, there was I, enough I, parts in the Raw that you thought was good, and, you know, that's your opinion. And, you know, you're entitled to that opinion if you thought it was very good. I thought it was average. Sure. Now, now I love you... my, my, my main guy is Santino Monroe. I love that guy. I love him. He's com- comedic gold. Yes, he, he he's 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 one of the highlights on Raw, and I, I I think I have a love hate relationship as far as, as far as the Miz goes. I think I, I like how he gets the whole crowd uh, saying. Well, well he's Mark. over as a heel now. He, he he's yeah. great on the mic. Oh yeah, he, I love the mic skills on the Miz. But okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I know I interrupted. Actually, man, no, no. I mean, I was actually about to kind of segue in, in that, man. Uh, Jimmy, you gotta call back. Next week, man, because uh, you are a very good caller, and I uh, like the conversations that you bring up, man. So please call back next week, man. we got to move on a little bit, man, all right? It's all good. You guys have a great night. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. Too, man. Take, Take, love, take care. Bye. <clears throat> yeah, so Santino. So like Santino. Exactly. You know what? Santino is one of all. Like he's always one of the bright spots of Raw every single week. He's always, always, always is. And and the fact that funny. he put Swagger over the top rope and that they have creative has nothing left for Swagger. I mean, three four weeks ago they have him out wrestle um, John Cena for the second time in 2009, and then you know he's not on last week's show, and then this week he gets thrown over the top rope by Santino, and it just seems like he will be future-endeavored in a matter of time. Um, real quick. Um, really? I think I think he will, because I don't think Creative has anything left for him. And one more thing I just want to get real quick. Evan Bolt, second squash week. You know what? Evan Bourne, I, I will How about that crossroads last night by uh, 
by Cody Rose. That looked impressive. You know what? I I actually see a lot bigger things for Cody Rhodes than I do for Evan Bourne. Evan Bourne has has his high flying offense and everything, but I think that unfortunately in WWE's world he's too small. He cannot yeah. sur- survive, be, you know, because there there's only room for one. Um, I totally agree. You know, for for one smaller wrestler in the company, and that belongs to Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio appeals to two demographics, both the kids and yeah. uh, the Hispanic community. So I I think that Evan Bourne would be future endeavored a lot sooner than a guy like Jack. True. Carter. Very true. And I could actually see him as a third part of, like, the Motor City Machine Guns. That would be kind of cool. I do like that tag team in TNA. And then I just wanted to say that uh, I thought it was pretty cool that Henry got a pop on the hot tag in that tag match. Uh, you, you know, other people may think it wasn't a hot tag. I think it was. And I think he got a really cool pop. I was very surprised about it. You know, Mark Henry, it's about time because he got <laughs> – like a ten-year extension on his contract, or, or some re- ridiculous, like a million dollars a year. He he basically has a ridiculous contract, and it's about time yeah. that he gets any kind of reaction. Unfortunately, people didn't buy him as a heel. As far as I, you know, what I can think back to when it, I think it was the Royal Rumble of 2007, where it was going to be him against Kurt Angle, maybe 2006. Um, but it was going to be Kurt Angle versus Mark Henry for the World Heavyweight Championship, and nobody bought into the fact. Four fest. Exactly. Um, did you want to hit on the um, MVP Miz segment, um, or did you want to hop into the Royal Rumble? What do you want to do? Well, we'll we'll jump into the MVP and Miz promo. I've become a huge mark for the Miz. The the Miz has improved. Oh yeah. Awesomely in the ring. No pun intended. Um, he's, he, he's always been good on the stick. He cut one hell of a promo last night. And MVP, uh, yes, he came, and, he, and MVP and K, uh, he came out and held up his end of the bargain. And uh, I think that they delivered one of the most memorable segments um, in, you know, in the entire year. Not Definitely. I mean, I mark out for The Miz every time he comes on to the show, and I just want to kind of go up on my little soapbox for about two minutes here and just say that I think The Miz, like Edge, like Mr. Kennedy, and like Chris Jericho, all have what it takes to be great guys on the mic. And Vince McMahon, I think, cares more so, regardless of big men, because I know McMahon loves his big giants, but regardless of that, McMahon loves a guy who can work the mic. And you're going to get gold around your waist if you can work the mic. Guys like Perry Saturn and the great Tali and um, Dolph Ziggler, they're not going to get gold around their waist. They can't work uh, the mic. And I just want to hold, say, hold on a second. what? Hold on a second. The great Tali is actually, I believe, a two-time World Heavyweight Champion. No, he has gotten gold, but it didn't last that long and it wasn't really that refutable to really, you know, he's not, uh, you know what I mean? It's not really remembered. Nobody really cares. Um, but I mean, I just want to say the Miz brings a lot to the table. He has no, skills, he, he has mic skills, and he is a tremendous wrestler. And the Miz is awesome. Quite Bottom line. Quite simply, I, uh, I'm afraid that we're going to have to bring this note up, unfortunately, uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, Tony Hallmay, otherwise known as uh, 
Ludwig Borga. Ludwig Borga actually passed away. Ludwig. I. You know what? I'm. I'm not good on my. What? And and your Finnish. Your fin, Finland. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, I'm. Yeah. I'm from Compton. I don't really know a lot about right. Finnish uh, culture here. But yeah, he passed away over, over the weekend. Man, what uh? What memories do you have of uh? Of Mr. Borga. <sighs> Tony Halmy was Ludwig Borga, and I remember as a child watching Tatanka. Always, he had this big undefeated streak for like two, three years, and uh, you know Borga came in, and he he came in, and you know he claimed that he was gonna uh, win the Intercontinental Championship, and I think he ended up beating either Marty Jannetty or um, not sure who he beat. I think it was Marty Jannetty or Crush, but regardless of that, then he beat. Tatanka, and he beat Tatanka's undefeated streak, and he pinned him with, like, his pinky. And, uh, well, recently he died, and he was actually Randy, he is Randy Couture's first ever uh, UFC fight in the UFC. So my condolences go out to um, Tony Halmy, who was actually a uh, supporter of the Holocaust, and they had to do a really good job of covering up his SS tattoo when he was in the WWF. How do you know all this stuff, man? I, I've been watching wrestling since 1990. Oh, well, that'll explain it. That will explain it. You know what, man? We actually have one more caller on the line. We have about six minutes left to go in the show. We have one more caller. And uh, once again, it's from the 585 area code. Why are you bastards so popular? All right, caller, you are on the air with the Atomic Drop Show. Hello, my name is Jenny. Hi, Jenny. How you all doing? Good. That's good. Is Mr. Cruz there? Yes. Mr. Cruz, I'm still awaiting payment for services rendered. You know what, Jenny? I, you know what? I will, will actually um, send you your check. Um, I will send you your check when Hell Freeze is over. Um, never mind. You will get paid um, for the services uh, that you rendered. Um, unfortunately, your head wasn't that good. Um, you need to go somewhere and improve that. And then once you do that, come back and ask for your money then, okay? Do me a favor, don't call back ever again, all right? Appreciate it. Bye. Who is that? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was co-host. No, unfortunately, that is not Jenny. That is co-host Justin Time calling from Parts Unknown. Man, how is it going? I am doing very well. It is a very dark and scary place. I am cold. There are wolves, but I finally got cell phone service, so I'm ready to start the show. Um, you realize that the show is almost over, right? We've got about five minutes. Five minutes? Yeah. Hey, what happened to your Packers? My Packers followed the Miami Dolphins playbook and got their asses handed to them. I saw a little wildcat in there. Well, it was a good thing, but, you know, got our shit done. It was a respectable loss. Yeah. Hey, hey, we made it to overtime and the highest-scoring offense right now in overtime history in the playoffs. Nice. Playoffs. Man, 
the hell is this? So, what have I missed on the show this week? You missed a lot, man. Uh, we had we talked about Mike Tyson, talked about the triple threat. We talked about uh, MVP, the Miz, Jack Swagger, Legacy, Wits, and Ludwig Borga. We talked about. We had an interview with Lauren. Yes. From yep. TNA. Yeah. Yes. Lauren yes, Brooke. Really? She, yes, yes, we, we did. And I have a huge announcement to tease for next week. We are going to an- announce a guest for next week. But I can't tell you to you yet because then you're going to get too excited. Wait, is, it, is it Jimmy Z? <laughs> you know what? Jimmy Z, yeah, I, I like him, man. He's a callback more often, man. He's, He's a good guy. Often. I think I'm going to go into his restaurant this week and go taco a wrestling with him. You know what, man? If I lived in Brockport, then I would... Or, you know, I definitely go ahead and check uh, check him out because he does seem like a pretty good guy. Just make sure you don't have a gun on your area because we're kind of squeamish about that right now. Squeamish about guns? Why would I bring a gun in anywhere? Well, if you remember correctly, breaking news here in my real job, we were kind of in like a semi lockdown due to a crazy gunman running around the streets. Oh God! Instead of running around the streets, it was a domestic dispute in the backyard. With goats. So anyway, it feels weird calling into my own show. Is it? It's kind of like riding in the passenger seat of your own car. It is pretty much trying to be the backseat driver, trying to tell which way the show goes. But you know now, what? will you be back on the show next week? I will be back, ladies and gentlemen, next week. I am in parts unknown, as I said. I am very cold. The movie is the out. Warrior. Stop that. Damn the ultimate warrior, man. By the way, talk is. Talk. What the hell was that? That was a bull. You said you dumb bitch. I got you. Alright, I think it's time to hang up. Okay, look, I, I absolutely hate to uh, leave Justin to die. I'm going to have to uh, let him do that. Jay, we have less we have less than two minutes left, actually 90 seconds. Really quick, really quick. what do you think of the Bret Hart follow-up uh, this week from, from last week's monumental uh, um, promo exchange between Hart and Vince McMahon last night? Basically, I think that it was really funny that they had a girl freaking out for when they did like a little monologue of a girl freaking out in the front row, um, that's kind of funny because the girl probably didn't even, wasn't even alive when Bret Hart was last seen in the WWF ring, not, not to mention a stain in her dad's underwear drawer. Um, other than that, I think the Bret Hart feud will end in a street fight at WrestleMania because Bret can't do a regular match. I agree, and this ju- just then I checked this out on WWE.com last night, Stone Cold Steve Austin will actually host the March 19th, I believe, or March 16th episode of Monday Night Raw. Probably uh, wow. add a little theme to that uh, feud between Vince and Bret Hart. That, that should be very interesting. All three men have history there. Man, Jay, it has been a blast doing this show with you, man. We, are, we have less than 15 seconds remaining. It's been a blast, dude. You've got to call back ne- next week as a caller, as a fan, not quite doing the uh, co-host thing, man. It's been a blast, man, and... Uh, we got to do this again soon, man. Definitely. Take care. See you later, uh, 
comic drop universe. See you later, guys.